good to have you with us again. Texas Triangle NBA podcast with Eric and John. Hey, John, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, we're getting close to the trade deadline. You know, like, what, 10, 10 days, I believe? Yeah, 10 days on the nose. So I'm, I'm tingling. I am too. I mm. feels like both our teams are going to be pretty yeah. active this year. That's yeah, making my ass itch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll scratch that for you. <laughs> Sorry. All right. And we're off. But basically, we were thinking it'd be fun to kind of do like a obvious candidates and what we hope we get back for them kind of segment for the three Texas teams. Maybe do like a sneaky what might come if uh, people are feeling froggy kind of segment. Like who, yep. who might be a good sneaky candidate people don't expect. Uh, and then take a quick lap around the rest of the league. So uh, good to have you back again. I've already said that a few times, but it's because I really mean it. Um, let's start. In, let's start in San Antonio for some obvious candidates. What are we? What are we thinking? And what are we hoping as far as the get back? All right. So me, the three most obvious candidates are going to be Derek White, Lonnie Walker, and Thaddeus Young. I agree. Maybe a Dejounte Murray with a question mark in parentheses, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel prudent or like the return would be adequate right now. You know, I, I guess. We can have a, a quick DeJounte discussion because a, a lot of Spurs fans tend to label him as untouchable, and I wouldn't go that far. I think if some team like really threw out an awe-inspiring offer, I wouldn't be too upset if they moved DeJounte. I mean, it's kind of one of those situations where the age is a little awkward as far as the rebuilding timeline goes like he could anchor your your core for a while but at a certain point he's going to be 30 something and the other guys are going to be hitting their prime and yeah. I, that's way down the road i know but it's i agree it's not the first thing i look to do this trade deadline but if somebody puts something really impressive on a folded sheet of, sheet of paper and slides yeah. it across the table <laughs> I, I i wouldn't you know he's not untouchable i do wonder how plug and play Dejounte is going to be on a better team where he has to be the probably the third banana on a championship team mm-hmm. he could probably be the second guy in a decent playoff team but i think that really kind of hinges upon his his ability to improve his catch and shoot jumper Mm-hmm. and cut because we really haven't seen a lot of that from him over the last two years so um but yeah i, I don't think we need to waste a lot of time talking about Dejounte. it's not gonna happen so yeah no i don't think it will um so i guess we could start with Derek white so there have been rumors that the hawks have called about Derek white uh i think the spurs have had conversations with cleveland about seti osman and i think <laughs> i mean Derek white is a guy who you can pretty much plug in on any playoff team and he's going to help them win. Like, I know we have a lot of conversations about his his shooting percentages. He's shooting 29% from three right now, but with his defense, his creation, I think on a team where um, he's playing with other guys who have more gravity, his shooting percentages probably come up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where where do you think Derek White would be a good fit? Honestly, Or the I- best fit, rather. <laughs> Atlanta is really smart to call. I do like that. Um, I could see Derek in Philly as well, but Ooh. I don't know what facilitates that move. I think he's a nice fit on that roster. Um, geez. Spo with Spo over there in Miami, Derek would be a nice fit. Like just any kind of gritty hang their hat on defense and uh need a need a good defender who can create on the other end competently role yeah. player. 
the, the Which Hawks, is pretty mo- most of the fucking league. The Hawks stuff is really eyebrow raising because we've also heard a lot about how the um, the Hawks are more than willing to part with John Collins for a pretty reasonable offer. Mm-hmm. And I think the Spurs could probably make that offer with Derek White, um, probably Thaddeus Young to make the salaries work. Another young piece and a, a pick, a protected pick. My my hesitation with that or really any John Collins trade or any sort of big upgrade trade where the Spurs aren't sellers is those are win now moves and the Spurs aren't in win now mode. True. And Collins would be, I think most would argue a, a pretty strongly second banana, even on a DeJounte Murray led team. Yeah. Um, so how much does that really move things forward? Um <laughs> You're right. That is a pretty win now move. You'd have to be extremely confident in Collins' ability to come in and really produce an impact. And I don't know that he's shown that level of move the needle. Yeah, I just but, I don't think you can justify giving up a pick and then also absorbing that salary. Even though John Collins is a good player, he is very good player. He, he does almost everything that you want a four to do. Mm-hmm. You can even play a little five. But I just I don't think the timing is right now. If it had happened before the season. I was just going to say, I don't yeah. think I would have been opposed to the Spurs signing him. I think we're both on record as yeah. saying that was a really nice fit. Uh, but, yeah, that's a lot to give up for for a guy who I also have to ask myself why the Hawks are so willing vocally and obviously to take such a low offer for him. Uh, most teams would try to play a little bit more coy um, with with a player of, of his caliber, I would think. Well, I think John but, Collins has been pretty vocal that he's not happy about his role. In Atlanta, I don't think the I don't think the Hawks ever truly intended to keep him long term. I think they re-signed him because they wanted to maintain that asset. Yeah, no, that's fair. They yeah. didn't find the right price the first go around, and they didn't want to lose him for nothing. And yeah. you knew you could still trade him anytime uh, yeah. after December fifteenth, of course. <laughs> um, so no, yeah, that's that's a, frankly a pretty smart way to go about it, as far as they're concerned. Um, other than maybe having to deal with the kind of sour. John Collins for a little while. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I just, I don't know about that. I think I'd rather look to see if we can maybe get a, an okay first rounder for Derek. Hmm. I, I think he would have value to a championship team or a playoff team. So if one of those teams were willing to part with a pick or two, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they're not going to be great first rounders, but you know, with Derek white, you're, you're getting some of that equity back and you're making more room in the guard rotation. True. Where do you think he fits? Where do you like it as a Derek White location? I think Boston would be a really good fit for Derek White <sighs> because they just they need a little more creativity on the perimeter. I think you could probably pair him with Marcus Smart. I don't think Marcus Smart would have to come back in the deal. Not necessarily, no. Because yeah. the salary is not super prohibitive with Derek at all. And but. I think Derek's like 16. Yeah, that's so not terrible. You could probably cobble together the pieces to make that work. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know if I'd want to take back uh, any any substantial roster piece in any of these moves. It's going to be about picks and expiring, so yeah. Even buyout candidates, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> but I, I think the thing to keep in mind with the Spurs is the Spurs don't really need to make a move other than Thaddeus Young. They can really ride out the, the deadline, get to the draft, take their guy, I mean... I, I don't know if the if moving Derek White moves the needle one way or another in terms of affecting the lottery odds. So, again, you can just wait and see what forms, and they don't have to make a move. 
well put. And yeah, like holding out for that first rounder is probably yeah. the most prudent move. Yeah, because Derek's sticking around is at the end of the world. It's not like he's unhappy. And it feels like draft night um, provides a little more opportunity for better deals simply because a lot of a lot of teams are coming off of disappointing playoff losses or they're really uh, having these introspective moments where they're they're thinking hard about the roster and what needs to change because they saw uh, how that team performed at higher levels uh so i think draft night's probably where the spurs would make moves smart too because other teams less with lesser composure also in the heat of the battle like that can kind of there's some whim on a whim decisions being made i think for sure on draft night i'm with you so the next guy is lonnie walker for the obvious candidates to be um moved or shopped at the deadline the logic behind moving lonnie is i guess you want to try to get some some value out of him before he hits restricted free agency because you don't really have any intention of paying him. But I just don't think Lonnie's going to have any value. I don't see anybody wanting him enough to pay for him, especially not when he's about to hit free agency, knowing that the Spurs might not want to pay him. I mean, you could probably get a pretty reasonable contract on the table at the Spurs say, all right, you can have him. I think Lonnie's probably headed toward a a Malik Monk situation where the, the, he just gets a minimum deal to go elsewhere. Maybe the Spurs could bring him back on a minimum, but I don't know how that would sit with Lonnie and clutch. So true. Yeah. It, I Maybe think one of those like backfires and the offer sheet yeah, is all yeah. he gets kind of situations. Yeah. yeah. I could see that he has that bet on himself year. I think the best you could hope to get in return for Lonnie is maybe a fake first where it, it doesn't really have any likelihood of conveying because of the productions. And then it turns into a, a second down the line or something. Yeah. And that, that honestly feels a little pie in the sky. I think in all likelihood it'd be like a second and some filler. Yep. I think that's a pretty fair expectation for the the, the results from a Lonnie Walker trade right now, just because yeah, he hasn't he hasn't been up to the, up to what we hoped for from Lonnie. Yeah, and there there are some teams out there who are fairly desperate for perimeter. I, I don't know if I want to say creation with Lonnie, but just like someone to fill the void, like a Denver, uh, Philly, and the Spurs have already made a deal with Denver, so. Maybe maybe there's something there. Maybe yeah. it's Boston. I don't know. I don't think the Spurs are going to deal within the Western Conference in any significant way. But yeah, probably not. No, definitely not to like Phoenix or Golden State or any yeah, kind of. Definitely not in the, in the state lines either. That's a big no no. I'm sure down at San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, it would be funny if he ended up in Houston or Dallas or something. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, the Rockets fans would probably welcome Lonnie being in Houston because oh, he's yeah. killed us a few times. God, it'd be like having two KPJs on the same team. Yes, this is what we all want. And then the last obvious trade deadline candidate's going to be Thaddeus Young, the big bad booty Thaddy. Booty Thaddy, Thaddy Daddy. I don't yeah. know, they're both good. Yeah, <laughs> the booty Thaddy's kind of weird. <laughs> the big bad booty Thaddy. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I, I think the I think the way the Spurs have used him up until now has sapped any value he had going into the season. Uh, I think you could have reasonably expected to get a protected first for him. But at this point, I think a lot of the teams that could use that Young would probably be okay with waiting for him to get a buyout and taking their chances on getting him in the buyout market. Uh, rather than yeah. put a real offer on the table like yeah. that, yes. And plus, you know, 
you're protected first and another impact player and you could end up winning the miles turner sweepstakes for yeah. all you know you know at this point yeah i think the, the days of uh the dream of getting like jalen smith on a first from the suns that that's over <laughs> for sure yeah for sure but it was quite a dream we all had wasn't it yeah, I don't know. I just at this point, I just <laughs> want the team to do right by Thaddeus Young. He he has not been an asshole about this no, through no. this entire process. He has deserved the backup center minutes. He's been the best backup big on the roster. It's just um, Bob said I'm not playing you. Yeah, which I, I guess I I kind of get the logic, but I mean, man, prioritizing the the development of Drew Eubanks and Jock Landell over Thaddeus Young's value doesn't really make a lot of sense in the big picture, but. It is what it is. Yeah, I'm with you, uh, because neither one of those guys to me are have shown any indication that they're worthy of prioritization. I, I would rather one of them earn it. Yeah, I think I think both of those guys are destined to be third string bigs, or maybe even in the Euro League. Yeah. League. Yeah, Cole Cole Aldrich vibes. Not quite that bad. I'm just joking. But. Maybe worse. <laughs> I don't know. That's uh impressive filler in the James Harden trade Cole Aldrich to you um what do you think is I mean is there a realistic like return for Thaddeus right now or is it all just destined to be to, is it gonna are there other teams gonna be right to just wait out and the buyout happens eventually I think maybe a team that doesn't want to take their chances with him going elsewhere and in the buyout market maybe is willing to throw in a, a second and a filler pick. Maybe instead of a first Jalen Smith and Dario Sarch's contract, you're just getting Dario Sarch's contract and an unprotected second. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fair, honestly. Yeah. Sarch should be one of those guys that comes to the Spurs and does awesome anyways. But I guess he's he's hurt, expiring. Yeah, yeah ACL so he, expiring. Yeah. He probably yeah. never even plays a game for the team. But no. that expiring has some value in itself. So Very true. Yeah. Uh, I think we can go ahead and move on to Houston, though. Okay. For their most likely candidates to be moved. Which is half of the active roster at this point, frankly. Um, Christian Wood is probably the best place, highest profile place to start. Um, Charlotte seems real interested. Miami seems real interested. Um, Golden State always gets mentioned, but you don't ever see actually linked in anything. I can't picture them moving for him. No, not anymore. Early on, like, or like preseason maybe. So what's a what's a realistic return for Christian Wood? Because I think the way he would be valued by other GMs doesn't necessarily align with what Rockets fans or really any fans imagine his return would be because of, you know, his statistical production on a bad team. Yep. And that's where I am kind of baffled. I don't honestly like, I can't just think of something that I'm like, oh, I'd take that for Christian Wood, other than, like, a nice late first or something would be cool. Like, But that's what I'm hoping to get for Eric Gordon, and I don't necessarily think they have equal value. And Christian Wood's a better player, yeah. maybe, but I think Eric Gordon, you can see him serving more of a purpose on a good team than Christian Wood. Depending on the team, yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's some teams that... I don't know. Maybe they can do like a problem for a problem kind of swap. And there's another young big out there that's kind of like fucking off or, or making their team not, they're not really feeling the development curve and both guys get a new fresh start. Um, but then I'm like, I don't, I don't even know where that is. Like, 
I I don't know. Wood has played himself into just the dumpster for me this season, and yeah. I worry that that's really the whole league has kind of seen that. And I can't think of what I would prefer to get back for him other than just trading him into the void for, like, I have fully protected first or something, but that feels wasteful. Uh, maybe just keep him. Yeah. I don't want to upset anyone, but I kind of view Christian Wood as, like, a third big on a good team, like the backup five. I don't know about third big, but I could see him coming off a bench for sure. Like, yeah. I, I think it his versatility on offense and worry you to not have him on a bad team where he feels the need to step out of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would be a really pretty potentially valuable piece. I think maybe like his ceiling would be last year's John Collins and the Hawks. Yeah, something like that. Worse defensively. Yes, yeah. much worse defensively, which is saying something because Collins is not great on that end of the floor. He's okay. Yeah. Um, kind of an eye of the beholder thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Chris Wood with Clint Capella to back him up might be kind of nice, honestly. I don't know. You, you never know. But that is interesting. Maybe a Collins for Chris Wood swap. Maybe. See, that's where I have I, – I see there's more fair value in a player-for-player player situation with Chris Wood, but none of the players I can think of off the top of my head really make sense for the timeline of the Rockets. It's not, it's not as cut and dry as like a – Ricky Rubio's contract and a first kind of for Eric Gordon thing, you know, or any of that kind of shit that's kind of making the rounds nowadays. What about Toronto? That would they're they're desperate for a center. They're they're making a push. They are. They believe in the roster they have. I mean, maybe I don't know what you would get back, but that's where I I don't either. Yeah, I I, I imagine Toronto would maybe be willing to throw in a pick if they so. thought that Christian Wood was the missing piece, but. I don't know. Masai is kind of mysterious at this point. Truly is. Um, Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know what we would get back from Charlotte. That's the move. Like, they've been interested. Miami has nothing that makes any sense. Duncan Robinson is an overpaid Garrison Matthews, as we all know. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, so the wood one really perplexes me. Um, I'm going to be really, let's just say I'm going to be curious as hell to see what stone does here. Cause I don't think there's that much of any real value on the table, but yeah. rockets fans will, will still, will, will be really pissed off if there's not a good return for him because he's a star in our eyes. I think the incident and just some of his atrocious lack of effort this season has tanked his value a lot. I think so too. I think the time to move him was either last deadline or last offseason. I think at the offseason, looking back, that was the move for sure. <sighs> but hey, hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe someone takes something for him now. Um, but I, I think that the the grand delusion of like a player and a first or two is is not really on the table anymore with Christian Wood. Yeah. I don't know what the end result is going to actually be here, but I do think he needs to be off the team. That's where you're really stuck is, is you don't have that. Uh, they're posturing like we can keep it. We can keep Christian Wood. We're not afraid of that. He's a good basketball player, reasonable contract, but he's clearly unhappy much as he's trying to pretend he's not. And in all likelihood you have Shane. You have, okay. Well, let's look at it like this. You have Shane Goon on the roster already. If you end up with a top three pick, you're going to end up with a four or a five. So once you get to that point, you're going to lose even more leverage. So I I feel like 
this is your last chance to get a good return for him. Yep. But then again, we, we're not in the office. We don't know what calls they're getting. Very true. And things could change. Very true. And the Rockets I see as a huge potential candidate for uh, Grease the Wheels third team here in uh-huh. that, and, and not afraid to make a big splash in doing so. So I wouldn't be surprised if some massive five-team trade comes out and there's like all of these Rockets guys we're about to talk to involved and going to different places. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. I just don't, I, I wish I had a more concrete answer or had thought about or more like just what I would take for Chris Wood, but I don't fucking know, man. It's just a hard guy to value right now. And my, and my value of him is, is cynical, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> at the moment. I think if I were a Rockets fan, my disposition would be, I want him gone and whatever we get for him is gravy. I'm trying not to be that... Uh, sad about it but i think you're right and i think that's probably the healthiest place to be as a rockets fan is like well we don't have wood anymore sulking things up we opened up shangun minutes and here we go this is what we wanted we got a second rounder and or three second rounders or something out Mm -hmm. of it and two and some guy we bought out i think that's just a good attitude for fans to have in general when it comes to their favorite team making trades because in all likelihood what is going to be offered and what's going to be realistic is not going to align with what you think you should get exactly. as a fan because GMs are smart and they're going to get the best deal they possibly can. Yep. And the end result is going to be something that's pretty good for both sides usually. Yeah. So. And ultimately you don't really make moves unless you need to in the NBA. Very true. Well, very few GMs are getting out there and just fucking off for fun, you know. Yeah. There's there's very few Daryl Morey's that are just making trades every deadline because they feel they have to. Uh, to, to stay in character, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's for the bit. It's yeah, for the it's bit. It's for the bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think I think we've pretty well covered Chris Wood. Uh, we've got a lot to cover on this Rockets roster, so I think we could probably move on down to Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, I think, is going to get a pretty decent first round pick, um, or not go anywhere. Yeah. And, and I think that one we've actually that Stone actually has some pretty good leverage. Somebody's going to want him. Okay. Well, here's the price. Here's how good he is. And uh, if you don't move him, he's awesome in our locker room and really helpful to the development of our guards, too. The interesting thing with Eric Gordon is he has some buds around the league who could probably get into the ears of their GMs and say, yeah, let's go get Eric Gordon, you know? And it kind of feels like over the last couple of games that EG's maybe taking his foot off the gas a little bit, anticipating a trade. I think so, too. Yeah, Yeah, he's slumping a little bit, but it doesn't feel quite like... uh, you're right. The foot is off the gas more so than he's not shooting well because of yeah. some kind of like he spent the first half of the season getting his value up, doing the right thing for the franchise, being a leader. And now it's time to protect his body for whatever his next destination is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is frankly a pretty brilliant strategy for on his part. Uh, get it. Get the slump out of the way now so you can uh, hit that hot streak in the playoffs like you yep. used to all the time. But um, no, I think Eric Gordon getting a first rounder and a, a big crappy contract is probably the end result there. Big expiring and I, a first. I could see the return for Eric Gordon being similar to what the Spurs hypothetically would get for Derek White. Derek White's a little younger, but he's a worse shooter and a little more injury prone than Eric Gordon. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting. Yep. I think Gordon goes some, it's a pretty little, like, 
crappily valued first, I would say. I'm not trying to say it's going to be like pick 15 or something, but oh. it'll be late and heavily protected, I'm sure, from a very good team. Uh, I think right now, Eric Gordon might be regressing to the mean a little bit because for the first 40 games of the season, he was what one of the top six three-point shooters in the league. Number two, yeah. Number he's two. Number two. He's shooting like 44% or some crazy. Yeah, he's, he's neck and neck with Keldon Johnson. He's he's up there. Yeah. yeah he is. It's nuts. Um, so yeah, I think EG is pretty, we can, we can handle that one pretty quickly. As far as I'm concerned, he's either going to hit you're either going to hit the price tag or he's going to stay. I don't think there's a, uh, a worry about moving him or not moving him, creating a situation. My only worry with holding on to Eric Gordon was that he gets a major injury I was thinking because I, I think his value is going to be pretty steady through the off season. Definitely. He is who he is as yeah. long as he's healthy. Yeah. So it's the thing to keep an eye, keep your eye on, I think. For sure. Yep. Yeah. And we'll see if maybe they start ramping down his playing time as we get close to the deadline, too. Um, We're just giving him some rest games. Exactly. Yeah. No no back-to-backs, that kind of thing. It'd be the nice thing to do for old EG. Uh, I hope he ends up somewhere like um, Phoenix would be the most fun, but it seems really unrealistic. Um, Miami would be cool. Him and Tuck. Uh, just anywhere but Brooklyn or, or uh, Golden State for me. Just to not have to see him in those uniforms. <laughs> Utah yeah. too. I think I think just like Derek White, Denver, Atlanta. I don't know how Miami would match his salary or give you anything good enough in return. But I yeah, either. I mean, all, all of those places could use exactly his archetype of player. Big time. Yeah. Um, we don't have the uh, Rosas connection in the front office anymore, but Minnesota could use a player like Eric Gordon too. I don't really think they're in a position to make a run though. And the Rockets are probably looking at mostly contending teams as far as who to deal with on him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, well, let's, we can move on to uh, the, the one that I think Rockets Twitter would largely like to see traded the most, <laughs> which is uh the man that was brought into town to save the defensive rebounding and the big man defense uh, didn't quite work out as such, but uh, Mr. Tice. And uh, as far as valuation of Tice, your guess is as good as mine. You know, a Boston reunion or something for a second rounder. Man, I think Tice is probably like, yeah, we'll throw in his contract to facilitate a bigger deal and you give us a second for helping mm-hmm. you out. I think so too. It's going to be like that sort of situation, almost what the Spurs did with Forbes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I completely agree. I don't think that Tice is like an, a centerpiece of anything that he's just, he's on a trade. He's not a part. He's just a part of a trade. He isn't the trade. Um, and I don't think the returns all all that great any better than a late second. <laughs> yeah. And he's just not compelling enough to really garner the attention around the league that you would hope he would. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, I guess I'll take Tice if he, you know, yep. for what, a, a top 58 protected second? Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, but it's, again, I, I think a lot of people have mistakenly seen his horrendous fit on this particular roster as kind of an indictment on him, but he's a pretty good ball player, and when he's not sharing the court with Chris Wood or um, – another big it's it's a pretty he he can be pretty pretty nice at times defensively um but it's just it's rough to watch when he's on this roster man it does not work it's so funny how bad it is um so tice we love you man good luck wherever you land uh it won't be for much rockets fans i'm sure yeah Um, i think we can just kind of quickly go through the other two guys we have on our list for obvious candidates to be shopped or moved 
DJ Augustine, David Nwaba. Again, just filler and something, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Nwaba in particular is surprised, I think, both of us with how much he's played himself out of the rotation this year. Um, he seemed like he was kind of a lock for heavy minutes. Uh, he's just kind of been disappointing after getting a contract extension. Yeah, I think he's been a little displaced with, you know, Green, KPJ, Gordon. Maybe I could see him playing a small role somewhere on even a yeah. decent team because he has the tool set to where, like, you're not going to feel bad if he's out there on the floor. No, definitely. Theoretically, not. at least. can guard the three or the four pretty well, competently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened to David. He was pretty fucking solid last season. Uh, but, yeah, I think you're right. There's just new faces in the locker room that are kind of eating up some of the minutes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Augustine Nwaba, not much to talk about. We can probably move on to Dallas. They'll, they'll be in on some trades, I'm sure, but if they'll – it's not going to be of any consequence. I'm sure it'll be a grease the wheels kind of situation mm-hmm. more than anything. Yeah. So with Dallas, the name that is on everyone's mind is Jalen Brunson. So the report from Tim McMahon is that the Rockets are only going to move on from Brunson uh, for a deal that just bowls them over, which I actually don't think is posturing. No, I, I don't either. Yeah, I actually take that as pretty legit. Yeah. Usually when I hear reports like that, I kind of, I roll my eyes a little bit, but with with them, it actually makes sense to hold on to Brunson unless they just, you know, get wowed by an offer. I agree. Um, Brunson is one of the most promising pieces when you watch this team for me. Um, that's not named Luca, and and I think it would be pretty silly to prioritize anyone else over him. Even if, even if I, I get that Finney Smith is is you know their only kind of competent wing defender, but. I just still think choosing him over Brunson seems like kind of a silly situation. If you have to pick one. Yeah. The the contract situation is just clouding it um, because there's a real risk for Dallas that they lose him for nothing if they didn't move him. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think I would probably be more in the camp of let's find a good offer for him and move on from him. And maybe we can not get one piece that's as good as him, but get a few pieces that add up to a Jalen Brunson. Like I, yeah. I, I could see Boston giving up a, a smart and a couple of young pieces and maybe a pick, you know, and that's not as good as Jalen Brunson, but it's better than losing him for nothing. True. Um, and that type of a package, I know Dallas has coveted smart for a while, it seems like. Yeah. And I think that type of a package would be really helpful with a Luka Doncic anchored roster. Yeah. Um, once you have that key piece in place, it becomes a lot more about finding the right pieces that fit around him necessarily, or more so than like maxing out talent necessarily, yeah. I think. And I think the Mavs really badly need someone who can get some stops on the perimeter. Exactly. And there aren't many players bigger, better than Marcus Smart at that. And I also think if they could get like an Aaron Neesmith back, uh, that's a piece, I think, long term that would probably slot in nicely next to Luka. Definitely. Um, that's another type of player skill set that I think that Luka's type of skill set makes better as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Just a shooter. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think you've probably sold me. I could probably get down more so on a Brunson trade now. Uh, if you think you could get that much in return for him, especially from like a Boston, then yeah, I think, I think you'd have to do that. If you get a three, three players that are going to actively contribute to your rotation back in return, that's what the Mavs need right now yep. is actual depth. Um, 
So yeah, I'm I'm with that. Do we have any intel on what Brunson might be leaning toward in terms of whether he's going to look elsewhere for a contract or? I'm sure there it, it, it's out there, but <laughs> I don't know I if there's really <laughs> any any incentive for him to stay in Dallas. No, I don't know? think so either. Um, your ceiling's pretty capped. It's Luca's show, no yeah. matter what. Um, yeah, I just don't. I don't see any need for him to, unless he just genuinely likes the city and the fans and the staff and stuff, which is possible, I guess. I, I can't know. imagine that. I can't imagine liking Dallas personally, but hey, yeah. you know, to each their own. They've got some nice uh, gas stations. Uh, they do. I don't know, man. They Denton, really do. Denton's kind of cool. Yeah, Denton, Denton has its moments. It's cooler if you're in an emo band, I guess. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Fort Worth, I always thought was a little, it had its charming points. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a shame they get lumped together. Do you think Round Rock feels like that about Austin? I bet they do. Well, Round Rock sucks. Round, Round Rock is pretty depressing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's bad. Fort Worth is way cooler than Round Rock. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, I'm in Round Rock now. Huh? When did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is a lot of strip malls and chain places all in a big row on the corridor here, man. Like that whole that whole town is just Target, Walmart, Texas Roadhouse, Target, Walmart, Texas Roadhouse, Chick-fil-A. It's hilarious. Like <laughs> that, That's kind of the, that, that whole strip of big towns between Austin and Dallas. It's like Georgetown. Oh. Uh, just Waco. They're all kind of, I guess Waco's okay. It's... It's got a, it's got a it's got a sordid history. True, and it's some pretty depressing parts of Waco for yeah. sure. A lot of people don't realize how like hood parts of Waco is yeah. are. It's kind of like, damn, what the hell? Where am I? I thought I was in the country. Like yeah, they've yeah. got that one bridge that's pretty cool. Yep, they got the the river. Uh, um, yeah. Baylor Baylor University runs one of the best brothels in the state. Like really took the mantle <laughs> from Lagrange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, the, every time we talk about Dallas, man. So I think, um, yeah, yeah. The Brunson thing is hard. I do not envy uh, the decision makers in Dallas because that's that's a tough one. Uh, and I think we can go ahead and lump in Dorian Finney-Smith. I was going to say, what kind of value do you think he has on the trade market? Like, I feel like there's some teams that could use a nice big wing like that. Yeah, he's he's a useful player. Um, I I don't know. I does Dorian Finney Smith knock your socks off? No, he's he's good. He is quite good. Um, and he's gonna command kind of a lot of extension money. So yeah. he might be a candidate where I'm like, mm, let's pull the trigger and hope we get someone back who's kind of as good on the wing as him. I think you could probably use. Dorian Finney Smith as a sweetener to get off of some of the other bad money you have on your on your on your books, like a you know hmm. maybe uh Dwight Powell, hmm. uh Tim Hardaway Jr. Yep. If you if you just think that is a dead end. And Hardaway, we sure went from can he be the third star to uh pay this man? He's clearly the second star now to what the fuck happened to Tim Hardaway Jr. in a matter of months. Wild. Yeah, he's he's one of the great contract year players of all time. I think we actually did this last time. I think you're right. We we mentioned how he fucking went off on his contract year. Yeah. Now he's coasting. Just coasting on that money. <laughs> Lazy <laughs> motherfucker. Anyways, <laughs> so I guess we were kind of obliged to 
ask you about Chris Stepps Porzingis. Yep. I, I'd put him off the table, frankly, the way he's been playing this year. Like off I, I see a lot of potential. Not quite off the table, but I would, I would actually want a positive offer for him now. I wouldn't be in desperate to move him mode. Let's just put it that way. If I were making the decisions in Dallas, I don't think I would be so seduced by his play this year. Okay. I think if I could get a decent enough offer where my books are cleared in the near future so I can get someone to come play with Luca. Yeah, someone else. I yeah. pull the trigger and I don't really feel bad about it because I honestly don't think this Mavs roster has a super high ceiling for this year, especially with Brunson and Fenny Smith possibly leaving. Mm-hmm. Why not just kind of like do a little mini blow up? Yeah. Get Porzingis out. Get what you can for Brunson and DFS. Uh, you've got Luca under contract. You're, he's not going to go anywhere right now. No. So why not just take this opportunity to restructure the, the roster a little bit, recoup some assets, fix your situation with your future cl- cap f- flexibility and uh, move forward from there. I can see that. I can see that argument for sure. I think for me where I'm saying let's shelve the the move or the shelve the shopping Chris Stapps for a bit. I think that he could potentially for the rest of this season and hopefully in a playoff situation up his value and be a really nice off-season trade candidate that would allow you to clear the books by with with a kind of okay return. I guess the question is what what does it mean to you to make the second round of the playoffs? Well, I don't see it there. I don't see there as being a move that gets the Mavs past that ceiling this season anyways. Yeah. So I guess I, I'm kind of saying, let's say this season's a foregone conclusion. It maybe Chris Stapps continues an upward trajectory and we can shock the world or whatever. But for the most part, maybe Chris Stapps continues where he's at, keeps playing well. By the end of the season, someone sees actual value in him mm-hmm. instead of just a shitty contract where an injury prone big man. And you can hopefully net an actual either good salary situation or better player in return for him in the off season. Maybe, or draft maybe, night. maybe that happens. Maybe but, he gets hurt again, but maybe he gets hurt again is what I was just going to say. Like yeah. he could fucking ruin that completely. So it'd be a gamble for sure. But if I'm having to like sweeten a Chris Tapps deal so much so that there are no picks on the table in the future and all of the positive like trade pieces on the roster are gone. Yeah. I, I don't see that as a positive way to go right now. I'd rather just eat the shit sandwich that is Chris Tapps Porzingis for a year. Since like you said, it's not like Luca's going to request a trade this off season. I think if you're not moving by next off season and in yeah. the right direction, I think that the worry might be there that he might um, not request a trade per se, but start getting grumpy, yeah. which is always the first step. Um, but I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what the hell they should do with Chris Tapps right now. I think the, the Mavs, it's not the most politically palatable thing, but I think uh, just being bold this deadline, uh, taking a strategic retreat, might be ultimately the best thing for the team. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, you've got Luka, anything could happen. You know, why, you know, people get hurt. You could have a Cinderella run to the championship. But, I mean, your odds are always low, even when you have three top 10 players on your roster like yeah. it's still a dubious proposition that you're going to win the title so yes very true and and the odds that that could happen could happen if if that's what you're 
I guess hitching your horse to is the odds that slim of what if this happens and these guys get hurt and there's a Cinderella run like that could happen with anybody on the roster and Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. It's not like Luka's not going to be on the roster. Like it, all of that Cinderella shit <laughs> happening could still happen at about the same rate, I would imagine, if like you the, were to move off of everybody but Luka Doncic. I think the Bucks had a Cinderella. You could say what the Bucks did last year was a Cinderella run. And it took Giannis getting a 50-point triple-double and a closeout game for yep. them to win the title. Yep. So, that was uh, unbelievable, yeah. man. God damn, Giannis. Giannis has fully converted me to a fan. He's Bastard. he's hard not to like, man. He is. He really is. Yeah. He's funny. He just, just seems like a sweet-natured guy. Stuck around in Milwaukee, even though after signing the extension and winning the title, he's already giving interviews saying, I'm not going to be in Milwaukee for much longer probably, but... It's still funny. I, I don't know. I still I, I like I like Giannis. He seems like a sweetheart, and yeah. he's an incredible basketball player. And he's keeping the legacy of Hakeem Olajuwon alive. I appreciate that. Anybody who names Hakeem regularly with their greats list, I appreciate because I feel like not enough people do it. Um, so uh, yeah, okay, we'll see. There we go. All right, we got a segment where we both kind of disagree. I'm saying hold on to Kristaps till the till the draft day because the season's a, a hopeless cause anyways, but. I, I could get on board with what you're saying too. Like, I, I, I guess to clarify, I'm not saying definitely move K, KP, no, no. but if you can get a deal that guarantees you future flexibility mm-hmm. with some assets, you definitely have to do that. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But I think Chris Stapps right now is still in the state, like the state where you have the status. I almost said he's still in the status where you have to, uh, you have to attach stuff to get rid of him. Yeah, definitely. And that's a problem yeah. that the Mavs just really can't afford to have any anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, I think that's about it on Dallas. I think we can uh, move on to some of our sleepers to be moved for the three Texas teams. Sounds fun to me. You want to go back to San Antonio? Yeah, let's do it. Let's keep the same order. Yes, so uh, for me, I think it's going to be Doug McDermott. Sneaky indeed. I think um, he could actually net you something good. Uh, Everyone needs a shooter. Mm -hmm. Everyone needs someone who can move without the ball. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't... I like what Doug brings to this team. And I don't necessarily want to see him move on just because he means so much to the watchability of the product. (laughs) (laughs) it's a funny way to put it but you're right yeah and i i I do think having him out there elevates some of the other guys just because of the gravity that he has but man if you can get a first round pick for him oh are you fucking kidding me yeah and i do think that the spurs generally are kind of an asset collection mode maybe the theory behind signing doug mcdermott was similar similar to the theory behind signing Bryn forbes was that we don't actually want this guy but he could get us something good because everyone needs a shooter. Yep. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I could see Doug being moved as well. He doesn't seem like he's a really huge part of the long-term future of the team, but I agree, man, it would suck not having him around as far as just having to slog through Spurs games as watching them. Um, the spacing would suffer a great deal. I would, I would imagine without Dougie, Ma- Dougie Mac there, yeah. but who knows what you get back in return. Yeah. I mean, you get Bryn Forbes back for him, maybe <laughs> and Bryn Forbes in a first. <laughs> and if, if moving, if moving on from Dougie McNuggets opens up some more minutes for Devin Vassell, gets us a little more K to beats the up, you know what? Yeah. Even better. And yeah, that is great. Yeah. That's probably for the best that those two things happen for uh, this team too. Honestly, the more I think about it, the more, 
I kind of feel like Doug McDermott is the most logical player to be moved on this roster. From a value value lost slash value gained in any potential trade package ratio standpoint. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Other than, I mean, DeJounte obviously would get you back a haul, but Doug McBuckets would be, I mean, I don't, I don't think of, I, I think a lot of teams, you could find multiple teams that would overpay for him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Spurs kind of overpaid room in free agency. A little bit. Yeah. So man, that's, that's really interesting to me. Uh, who else do you think could be like a, a sleeper, to be moved on this team. Jakob is the only other name we could come up with. I think uh, I don't. I don't know who else would really just jump out of nowhere. Keldon seems too young. Yeah, I don't the think it's going to be taking Keldon. the leap. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone under twenty four is getting moved on this team. No, nor should they, because yeah. they've all shown flashes and, and reason to to keep them around. Yeah, you know, we did get the rumors that Toronto could be interested in a reunion with Jakob Pertl. It's going to take a lot, man. He is mm-hmm. so valuable. He's not so old that you can't envision him being a part of the next good Spurs team. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't know if this is asking too much, but I probably need two firsts for Jakob. Damn. No, that's a... I'm not saying he's not worth that, but I don't think that offer comes across. Yeah. So I think, yeah, putting him as a sneaky sleeper maybe could get traded is probably best. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it happens because I think they would value him according to what he's worth, and yeah. that would be something of, of that nature. And I think the, <clears throat> one of the biggest selling points for Jakob, other than his on-court impact, which, I mean, he's behind Gobert and Embiid. Uh, there aren't many rim protectors better. He's second in the league in screen assists behind Gobert. He's kind of like a mini Gobert. Yep. And his contract, he's making $8 million a year for the next fucking three years. Yeah, it's nuts. That's an insanely good value. I, if you're a contender in need of a starting center and you need that guy to come on a steal of a contract, there's there's no one better than Jakob Pertl. No, there's really not, man. And uh, when you're in cap hell, like a lot yeah. of these multi-star teams are, and, and also multi-star teams also have all of the personalities and who wants the ball taken care of, and Yak is going to fit right in and not not ruffled any of those feathers. Yeah. Um, Honestly, Yak, outside of guys who are still in their rookie contracts, Yak might have the best production to contract cost value in the NBA. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case, for sure. I mean, if you were a free agent this season, he would probably command somewhere in the 18 to $20 million range, and mm-hmm. he's making $8 million a year, so. Wild. Yeah. Other than that, man, I just, I don't know. Like, we, we touched on DJ. I don't, there's, I just don't see any way that happens unless it's an insane offer, like insane superstar-level return. Exactly, and I don't think anybody's in need of DJ that much to offer that. Yeah. And and yeah, I just don't see it happening. All right. So be fun though. Yeah, it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so what about Houston? Um, I think you brought it up, so I don't, I don't want to take credit, but you, you had brought up Jay Sean Tate as a sneaky candidate. I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Cause I think that would actually be potentially plausible and could potentially net, I mean, a first or something. So an opposing GM calls and he says, I want gay Sean's taint. <laughs> What's it going to cost me? <laughs> um, so 
someone similar in style but younger and a first. That's uh, that's all I'm saying because I, I don't want to give him away for nothing at all. Like he's fucking awesome, and, and I don't think of any players that are doing everything right and setting the right example for young guys better than Jay Sean Tate is. I guess and that's, I th- that's pretty invaluable. I think you just described the package that the Lakers have been offering to everyone, which is THT in a 2027 first. Yep, which I don't think I'd take for Tate because THT isn't isn't the guy I was thinking of. Yeah. Well, you know, man, that 2027 first could be really good. Then you'd have oh, if you could get the right the right or no protections yeah. on it. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Because I mean, who knows, LeBron? I LeBron might play 15 more years. I don't know. I have. He I, might. There's no point in predicting what's going to happen with LeBron. We said that about Tom Brady two years ago, and yeah. here we are, you know. He gone, finally. Yeah, he could have kept going. He could have, yeah, yeah. for sure. I don't, LeBron's but. just a different beast, though, man. I, obviously, he's accumulating some injuries. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to take a lighter load somewhere. I don't think he's going to be able to continue his career in L.A. With the amount of work that he has to do just to keep this team at 500. Yep. I don't think he has it in him to not try and win it all wherever he is. So, yeah, yeah he needs to go somewhere where there's a better equipped roster to, to yeah. make him able to take a little bit off the off the shoulders for sure. Slots right in in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, shit. Yeah. Take a pay cut. Go home. Yep. Be a hero. Probably win a title. Win a title with a really good roster that fits your skill set very well. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I hadn't thought about the the re-re return. So for the uninitiated, because I know Jay Sean Tate doesn't get a lot of coverage outside of Houston. Even in Houston, he doesn't get a lot of discussion. So what value does Jay Sean Tate bring on the court and where would that fit elsewhere? Literally any team could could use Jay Sean, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's like he's like a kind of not. This is okay. This is like a really over the top hyper hyperbolic comparison, but the skill set is a similar to like in Draymond in terms of the versatility of what he does on mm-hmm. the court and how many different positions he can guard and how well he can create for himself and others on offense. Um, often runs the point in the second unit and pretty competently um, sturdy enough base to be good in the post defensively and offensively. Um, just improving, but not great shot, but good mm-hmm. enough to where you have to guard it. Yeah. Um, he's just good at basketball. Kind of, I guess PJ Tucker is a pretty good example of what he's kind of like too, but he's more offensively adept, I would say, than PJ by a lot. Yeah, and PJ Tucker is just like the shoot. king of the corner three. Exactly, yeah. but you don't want him to do anything with the ball in his hands as far as a decision goes. Jay and Sean can put it on the floor a little bit. Very, yeah, yeah, very much so. He's pretty damn good at it this year. He's got this really nice little post-spin move he's been leaning on that's still working. <laughs> Usually if you have one move you're leaning on by three or four games in, people have figured it out, but he's, he's nailing it, so must be a good move. <laughs> but no, he's pretty. He's he's just a very, very, very. The reason he doesn't get talked about is weirdly enough how good he is. Because he's just doing everything. He's right. just not a problem. Exactly. Yeah. He's doing everything right, but rather unremarkably so most nights. Um. So it's kind of like, uh, oh yeah, Jay Sean was there. Oh, oh shit, he had three of everything at least. That's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah, he's just, I don't know, man, all yeah. around very good basketball player. It's funny because he sticks out like a thumb on this roster, but because he's just so 
innocuous compared to everyone else. It's just like, well, we don't need to talk about Jishan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's the only one on the whole roster that literally I cannot think of a time when I've complained about the decision he made. No. You know, and it's just everybody else is like, what the fuck? You're watching the game like, Christian Wood, why did you just call off a play in ISO and shoot that? What the fuck? <laughs> KPJ, don't take that step back. KPJ, don't take that step back. I see you sizing up that step back. What the fuck? You know, like it's just, yeah. It's, but Jay Sean is always like, oh fuck yeah, Jay Sean, nice. Like everything yeah, he does yeah. is, is the right decision, and that's invaluable. I think he's a pro, a yeah. pro's pro for sure. But again, that's kind of why he's overlooked too. Is that he's he's it makes him almost unremarkable. He's so good. That's mm. weird to say, I know, but if you watch him, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think he could get moved, but I think it would take a lot and I think it rightfully would. And I think if you're the Rockets, he's happy. He's with his former Australia coach and, and likes the team and the teammates and um, stand pat unless somebody rings you up and makes a pretty nice, crazy offer, I would say. And I mean, Jay Sean plays a position of need and everyone yep. needs a, like a, a swing man combo forward mm -hmm. who can do a little bit of everything. I think on a, on a team similar to Derek White, where he's playing with other guys who have more gravity, his shooting probably comes along a little better. I think so, too. Yeah. Because his mechanics are good. The shot looks good. It's not a flat line drive Chandler Parsons kind of situation. It just doesn't you know? go in because yeah. he's not getting good looks. Yes, yeah. pretty much. And he's a little slow on the release, so I think a lot of it is that guys have time to close out. <clears throat> like you said, if he had a little bit more gravity with the teammates, there would be that extra step that they were behind. So. Yep. Um, no, yeah, Jay Sean, I think I, I'm not surprised at all if Jay Sean has a new home come trade deadline, but I do think it would be, it would need a giant return for yeah. it to happen. So I, I'm not surprised if he gets traded, but also I would be pretty surprised <laughs> 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 to John Madden, everybody there. I um, think if, if the, if the Shams tweet came across my Twitter, I'd be like, oh, they moved Jay Sean Tate. Wow. Exactly. Dang, okay. <laughs> it's not outside of the realm of possibility, but I would be surprised. There's a better way for yeah. me to word it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not impossible, but it is improbable. That'd be, there you go. <laughs> All right. So I think there's a name that we should, we should mention here. I, you know who I'm talking about. I do, yes. And I think it's going to be a fun, fun little segment. So this man has dominated every Rocket segment we have had since we started doing this podcast. I don't get what's so enthralling about this man for us and everybody else, but he really takes all of the Rockets discussion, doesn't he? Yeah. But Kevin Porter Jr., man. Yep. Is he a deadline sleeper candidate? Should he be worried at all? I don't think so, but... He has the most outsized public perception to what he actually is of any player in the NBA, maybe. I... I think I agree. Maybe a Russ. I feel like his fans yeah. are achieving Russ level of delusion, I, I would say. Yeah. Because anybody in the Rockets world, I am rooting for Kevin Porter Jr. How could you not? I support Kevin Porter Jr. I'm yeah. happy he's on the team. And I think the last couple months, Kevin Porter Jr. has been awesome. But like... He's not a superstar yet. Yeah. He's not a foregone conclusion. He's going to be a superstar. I don't even know if he's playing the right position right now still. And I don't think he's free of criticism by any means as far as his on-court play goes. And yeah. 
It's just, I don't know. It's such a weird situation where everybody feels like they need to put kid gloves on now because you're going to have these crazy fans coming after you about Jason. But there needs to be an honest discussion. And KPJ might not be a part of the long-term future of this team. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he turns the corner, but. Well, the reason I ask about KPJ is because the Rockets have a contract decision coming up with him. Fairly large one, potentially. And right now, I'm not. He would have to perform at a superstar level for the remainder of this season for me to entertain giving him an extension this offseason. Uh, I think so. A too. sizable extension. No, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. If I could lowball him, yeah, for sure, and just get him excited to get an extension on the table that's not minimum or something, then fuck yeah, that'd be awesome. But I think you're right. It would take an, a long, sustained stretch of really impressive pr- production for me not to let this go to restricted free agency or at least get it to the point where you get before restricted free agency, make an offer that's while respectable one, you know, he's not going to take and be like, all right, well, you know, we really want to work this out. So whatever happens in restricted free agency, we'll go from there kind of thing, you know, but we tried, we want to extend Kevin, blah, blah, blah. But you still kind of maybe leave that back door open or someone comes at them with like 18 mil. Mm -hmm. You're like, "Mm, all right, love you, Kevin. Thank you for everything. <laughs> kind also, of move on, but you know, where else is he going to be allowed to do whatever he wants? True. Like he is in Houston, which would probably be better for him if he wasn't allowed to do whatever he wants. Very true. I, I think one year of having a short leash wasn't quite enough, frankly. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe that they, but that's part of figuring it out on all sides. I think with the Kevin Porter Jr. thing, it's not a, it's a fluid situation as far as, his mindset, the development and and everything goes. It's just such a, it's not as easy to talk about as a lot of players just because he's, it's a different situation as far as the development of Kevin Porter Jr. Like there's so many other layers and factors and and mental health and and trauma and all kinds of shit that it's like, I see why people are so endeared and like really, want him to succeed so much and i i promise you guys i'm right there with you but i'm not going to allow it to affect reasonable analysis and what i think is best for the team (laughs) i'm sorry but so if someone came to the rockets with an offer similar to what the hawks got for cam reddish hmm a first round pick for kpj that's something you really have to think about man like i'm sorry like because the value he has put out on the floor is not commiserate with the first round pick. I don't think so. Uh, maybe so, this most recent stretch, because efficiency has been off the charts. But again, this is we're talking about. He's having a hot. He's, he's hot yes. from outside right now. Exactly, and 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 the defensive growth is there. I, I see that for sure. Um, but the numbers don't match it yet. Like you can see that he he wants to, and you can see that he's trying a lot harder on that end of the floor. But it's not there yet, and I don't know that you don't know that it gets there. It could trying and wanting to do it is, is 80% of the battle on defense. <laughs> I feel like, but uh, man, that's tough. If somebody comes at you with a cam reddish offer and it's a team, you think the pick might convey to being in any way more valuable than it seems. Then yeah. dude. Yeah. I think I got to think about that real long and hard, but man, that's cold blooded. Like is it from a PR standpoint, I feel like it's a little tough. A lot of players, the only thing they know about the Houston Rockets right now is Scoot's there, and Scoot they gave Scoot a second chance, and a lot for he's got a lot of friends and, and well wishers around the league, and yeah. and he should because he seems like an awesome guy who just has a, a fuse, and and 
but yeah, and if you if you trade KPJ, you might not be able to recruit Dejounte Murray and Zach Levine. See, there you go, yeah. and that's the future big three. You know, <laughs> no, just kidding. Ugh. Not that that would be. I don't know. Honestly, that'd be fun fucking team. But and Jamal Crawford as our yeah. head coach when yeah. that finally happens. You know, he's the skill coach. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hooper Twitter has a fucking aneurysm. <laughs> With a good aneurysm, yeah. you know, the or an orgasm would probably be a more accurate. They're just that fucking Randy Marsh meme where yeah, he's covered exactly. in jizz in front of his computer. There's <laughs> <laughs> a scary ghost, ectoplasm <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> but now I don't think KPJ, I don't think frankly that anybody offers, I don't think anybody values him like the Rockets do around the league at all. Um, and so I don't think that anybody comes asking even at this point. And so I, I feel like that it's, it's a fun discussion, but he's not going anywhere. But man, if somebody offered the right thing, guys, I'd probably trade. I'd be okay with him being traded. Yeah. It'd be a bummer at the same time. I agree. I see why it would be a pretty bad look. But yeah, let's move on. Sorry. We're, we're rambling about KPJ again, as we are wont to do. Um, what about... Dem, Dem Mavericks. Dem Mavericks. <clears throat> so the Mavs, it was hard to find a, a sleeper candidate for them to move simply because there's no one really that compelling on this roster that you look at and go, oh, that would be spicy if they moved that player. Uh, the first thing that came to mind for me was Josh Green. Maybe, yeah. They moved this offseason's great gem of an acquisition uh, for... I, I don't know. But what do you get in return that's any better than just Josh Green? I feel like every piece on their roster is like that for me, where it's like they're in kind of a crappy contract, so it's like, well, no avenue for improvement there. Yeah, we I traded mean, all our picks for Chris Tapps. With Josh Green, he was a mid-first-round pick who looked like a bust. Now he's showing some signs of life, and there's discussion. Well, maybe he can crack the rotation with uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. being out. I, I just don't think that kind of player gets you anything. Tim Hardaway Jr. is hurt. He has a season-ending injury. Dwight Powell sucks. Yep. <laughs> and he's overpaid. Maybe Maxi Kleba? Maybe. Someone I can see him in Kleba, yeah. Someone could use a mobile defensive big who... Yeah, it's a useful player, but he's, I mean... Yeah, you can stretch the floor, too, when you need him to. It's, there's just nothing that compelling. No, I don't think so, either. Um, it's tough to find any... I mean... Luca could be a sneaky surprise if the Mavs were really fucking insane. But no, I mean, let's be honest. Outside of 2K, just for fun of wanting to be Joker and watch the world burn, there's no reason to do that. Um, Rick Carlisle goes on fucking Shark Tank with a crack pipe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's a scene right there. I wish one of us was really Photoshop adept. See a good crackhead Rick Carlisle Photoshop and be a fun one. Yeah. He already has like the cirrhosis yellow eye eyeballs. It's I was just gonna say he's yeah. pretty much halfway there on the yeah. look. He's not he's aging take well. a couple teeth out. Yeah, yeah, and we'll be good to go. Oh man. So yeah, I don't think we have a good sneaky surprise segment for the Mavs, man. I don't think anybody on this roster. I think they're all movable in sense of there no one should be untouchable, but I think they're all unmovable in the sense that that's pretty prohibitive as far as the way their contracts are set up or just not the way they played. Yeah, all. exactly. Yeah. Not guys you would seek out to trade or, or to trade for rather. 
Yeah. So sorry, Mavs fans. We don't have that much more for you there. Um, we've. I feel like our Brunson DFS Chris Stapps segment earlier was pretty solid, though. You know, we're not we're not phoning it in as hard as we once were for you guys. <laughs> All one of the Mavs fans that probably listens to us. <laughs> Look, when the Mavs do something exciting, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we exactly. always do. Thank you. Thank you. We yes. had a good conversation about the Rick Carlisle thing. Yeah, we did. Know? We called an emergency episode for that. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> we used to have a Mavs guy on the podcast. Yeah, we did. Yeah. This whole concept started making sense. We had a triangle. We had yeah. a third guy. Yeah. We had a Spurs fan, a Rockets fan, and a Mavs fan. Yep. It was lovely. Now it's just us two. We all talked about Tim Hardaway Jr. banging in the post. Uh, actually, it was Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee, there you yeah. go. You could bang down low. The Mavs needed someone who could bang down low. It was Courtney <laughs> Lee. <laughs> this is 6'4", Courtney Lee. <laughs> oh, good times. Well, let's take a quick lure, little quick little tour around the other rest of the league and call it a day. I feel like we, we decided we were going to shorten things up this week and then decided we were going to just go long as we did it anyways. Yep. So, um, Quick point. The Lakers still suck, and, you know, I'm no longer looking like a fringe lunatic screaming with a megaphone at Capitol Hill about them missing the playoffs, potentially. I don't think you ever necessarily were, but, man, are, they had you are... Vegas's championship odds, I believe, the highest, yeah. I believe, at the time of me saying that. I, I think I, when I... you have LeBron and AD, but, I mean, AD, even before he started missing all his time with injury, he didn't look like AD. What happened, do you think? Because it's got to be that has to be in your head and surroundings and I don't know. And then like they brought back Dwight and the whole roster like it's old and the Westbrook thing is really what what was their demise. When it went Rondo, Westbrook, Mellow in that order, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, this team won't make the playoffs. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> that three player combination cannot exist on the same roster, period. <laughs> I kind of think they can move Westbrook at the deadline. I know I, all the conversation around Westbrook is how prohibitive his contract is and, you know, the turnovers and the shooting percentage and the wacky play, but I think the Knicks should consider trading for Westbrook because they have a lot of these big deals that they signed in, in theory that they would trade for a superstar, which they're not going to be able to use, and they go longer than Westbrook's deal. Yep. Westbrook's going to be expiring next season. You yep. consolidate those in the one guy that you can buy out. Your roster starts making more sense. True. And you can sell some seats in MSG with Westbrook. So I don't know. True. MSG not really having trouble selling seats right now, though. I got to yeah. say, I mean, that, that team's not great by any means. They've taken a huge step back this season. Julius Randle in particular, but uh, that's. He got his contract. Yeah. Uh, I could see that happening for real, man. Like, no, that makes sense. Some team that's just we we would like. Because, yeah, you pivot to Russ's contract. Also, I found it interesting. This is kind of a weird detour here. But that whole report came out with Russ for Wall. And, that, you know, people were discussing terms and this, that. It was immediately declared that the Rockets would pursue a buyout with Russ were that to happen. Uh -huh. He's got this year and next on his deal, right? Yeah. And it's like 33-something mil a year or some shit. It's pretty high. Yeah. But... That to me implies that teams see Russ as a guy who will play ball with you um, as well. So, I mean, I could see some team trading for Russ with the intent of getting off of another deal and then buying him out for yeah. a little cheaper. I mean, the Rockets are the main team that makes sense in that situation, but I don't think that 
I don't know. I don't think trading Russ is, is necessarily a prohibitive move either. Like, I think it could happen. It's going to have to be to someone who wants to buy him out, like you said. That. Yeah. And I, it does make sense that Russ would play ball in the contract simply because he does have other streams of revenue other than his NBA mm-hmm. contract, which I'm, I'm sure he won't take too much of a haircut on. I'm sure he won't, but also he's a bigger than basketball guy and a lot yeah. more so now. Like, um, So he, he would definitely kind of, and he's made a, yeah, just an absolute fortune over his yeah. career. So he's set and he knows that. Um, obviously the smart move is, is continue to maximize what you can get. But if he, I mean, he could get MLE easily to sign with another team. I mean, and if he gives back 10 mil and gets what, seven or whatever MLE is from, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that it would be necessarily have to be a minimum deal. It's tough, man. I think it's going to be kind of like a mellow situation where a couple teams take a flyer and it's just not working. And then mm. God, I hope, I hope we don't see Russ Westbrook go down like Allen Iverson, but we might. Yeah, is a similar mentality for sure. Well, there you go. Uh, join us. Join our army of the Lakers won't make the playoffs, and uh, we will receive a free decoder ring, free in, Texas in Triangle sticker. Yes, there you go. <laughs> I will even pay for the the postage stamp. The same that it takes to get it to you. <laughs> It'll come from a guitar center, though. The, uh, the return address will be a guitar center. <laughs> um, we'll see. What else? Steph Curry is just a, a fucking evil sociopath only when he's in Houston. That's a fun thing that the Rockets decided to poke the bear. And yeah. KBJ, thank you very much, decided to poke the bear. I thought Steve and, Kerr's comments after the game were really funny about KBJ jarring with Curry. Yeah. He's like, I wasn't paying attention to it, but I'm glad he did it. Yes. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Thanks a lot, dude. Now you brought back Supernova Curry. Just uh, another a little too big for his britches moment for KPJ. Big time. Yeah. Um, I did. I did like his response to it as well, though. It was pretty funny. He was like, look, man, like, I'm not trying to shit talk Steph or anything. He's just I'm playing Steph Curry. I got to feel like I'm bringing my best and I'm hyped. And, and this is what happens. And he was playing a great game, too. So I was like, all right, man, I, I get it. I get it, KPJ. Like, you're just an excited 21 year old but it was still it was one of those moments this is a learning experience kid like you don't do that to the all-time greats period um so that was fun um do we want to speaking of the warriors we want to all i think both of us are in agreement that andrew wiggins making an all-star team isn't actually that ridiculous no not at all i like it like kind of deserves it i mean with the west once you get past the top i don't know six seven guys it gets pretty muddled yeah Wiggins is as good as anyone else. Yep. And I think a lot of people think he's taking DeJounte's spot or Chris Paul's spot or Devin Booker's spot. But no, the reality is he's taking Rudy Gobert's spot. Like he's a front court player. He's yeah. listed with the forwards and centers. So, I mean, it's not a uh, potentially with reserve situation, I suppose. Yeah. He could end up taking one of those guys' spots because Gobert's a foregone conclusion. If he's not hurt. But if he's not hurt, true. And it looks like there might be a couple of injury replacements. Definitely. Come all-star weekend. So. I, DeJounte might get the call, man. That would be really fucking cool. Like, that would make me happy, and I'm not even a Spurs fan. It seems yeah. like the chatter around him in the national media has really kind of amplified over mm-hmm. the last week or so because you've had Zach Lowe talking about it. There's been a ringer piece, um, John Hollinger. You know, so yep. I, I don't know. It could happen. Yeah. I wouldn't could. be surprised if it happened, but I'm not betting on it. I'm not either, but yeah. it's still, I, I, I think there's a, there, the door is, is pretty creaked, right? Yeah. It's pretty cracked right now. Yeah. You could sneak through there for sure. I think if someone gets hurt, he's definitely in. Yes. Yeah. Agree. I agree completely. But no, I think that Wiggins, 
would have made the all-star team as a reserve. He would have been chosen and deservedly so. Um, so come on, man. Like let the K-pop fans have their fun and, and get their guy through. You know, it's no. all good. Like Andrew Wiggins is a great basketball player now. And had he been Harrison Barnes, then the Warriors would have another banner in there, in their, uh, like, their look, rafters right now. Dude, if you want a democracy, this is what happens sometimes. I'm sorry. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mob rule. That's where, how it goes, baby. They, the K-pop <laughs> stands, they, they rule the world right now. So they this do. is just what it is, man. I don't Let's know. all just be glad that they're generally seem to be good people who seem to care about pretty okay things, generally. The K-pop mobs rally together, not for causes of harm, typically speaking. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> all we're saying is the K-pop guys, they're not storming the capital or anything. So You know, yeah. there's something to be said there. The there's never been a K-pop rally in Charlottesville. Nope, there's not. Well, if there has, it was probably pretty peaceful yeah. and fun event. You know? Imagine the K-pop stands with Tiki torches marching. <laughs> That's a perfect place to wrap up the kid pod, man. I love it. Um, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week or uh, later this week, I guess. Whatever we think. Whenever we feel like it. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody. We love you. Wrestling, wrestling, man. The Royal Rumble was, uh, I didn't even have to watch it. I just had to read a couple notes to know it was trash. Yep. <laughs> Go Brock Lesnar. Go Ronda Rousey. Sell tickets. Ah. That's, that's been Vince's, Vince's MO forever. It's so whack, man. What name can we get? Yeah. What name can we get? Because I don't believe in any of the ones I've grown myself. And that's a lame thing to say to the talent that you have on board. Oh my like, God. WWE is just the wrestling Lakers. <laughs> Fuck, dude. you're right it's just the other shoe hasn't fallen yeah. yet yeah they're yeah. still on top they're waiting for for the massive decline yeah and aew is gonna bring it soon guys i think honestly the decline has been happening i mean if you look mm -hmm. at wrestling viewership since over the last 20 years it, there's nowhere near the number of people watching wrestling that there was no Dude, Monday Night Raw and Nitro bodied Monday Night Football. Like, yeah. they got Monday Night Football moved to cable back yeah. in the day. Like, it was crazy because they were beating basic TV ratings on Monday Night Football. People would rather have watched wrestling at the time. It was crazy. Like, a lot of people don't realize that that's a true factual statement about America <laughs> in their history. But it's true. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's funny. I'm glad we got one little, little uh, wrestling lick in, but no, we should actually wrap up now. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. Tune in next week. Like our tweets. Eat bananas. All our fears. All our fears.